So the last, um, last week we started talking about our values, our values, what they are and um, why they matter. Um, last week we talked about scripture. And uh, anyone remember the big idea um, from last Sunday's message? Any, anyone? Or maybe you have your notes and hidden in your Bible somewhere. Being devoted to Scripture, yeah. What are we devoted to is the question that we asked, right? Um, we, we've, we learned that followers of Jesus value Scripture by, de- by being devoted to it. That when you value something, you are devoted to it. And we're gonna, so we're going to talk about that idea of being devoted a lot over the next few weeks. Because every, every new value that we're, we're looking at um, we're going we're gonna to find that it's something that we should be devoted to. So we're trying to figure out then, well, how do we be devoted to that? How, how are we devoted to Scripture? Um, we explored some ideas. Um, I, we talked, uh, one of the things that I mentioned um, was that we, we are devoted to Scripture. We, we show that we're va- we value Scripture by, by reading it, um, by even meditating and memorizing it. Um, and, and we are devoted to Scripture by studying it. And these are all things that, that our church, everything that we do as a church, we're just pretty much saturated in God's Word, aren't we? We have God's Word as the center of our, of our Sunday morning gatherings. We have God's Word as the, the, the thing that holds us together when we're in discipling relationships with one another. When we're meeting together um, at a coffee house or around a table at a restaurant or in our living rooms, in our homes, and we're, we're encouraging each other. We, we, have the, we have Scripture as the center of our missional communities. We're, we are, we want to be saturated. We want to be soaking in the story of God, what He has revealed to us, right? So I mentioned that by way of review, but also by, it's a, it's a challenge that we can't forget. It's not a one-week thing. It's not like well, this week I got Scripture figured out. All right, I was devoted to Scripture this week. And, and, and so now we're good. It's something that we walk in day after day, week after week. We will never stop being devoted to Scripture as a church. The, mo- the, the moment we stop being devoted to Scripture as a church, just pack it all in. We have no reason to gather together if we don't have God's Word. Everybody else, you can find a place to meet with people. You can find other social clubs. You can find other things to spend your time doing. But we have the words of life. That's what makes us the church. That's exciting. Um, I was challenged because I, uh, just in the last uh, couple of weeks, I have, I have realized that my devotion to Scripture has been um, less than what God wants from me. So as I was preaching last week, um, I was convicted because I have allowed a lot of things to creep into my life, to take time out of my, my, my time in God's Word. I'm like, I like to sleep in. I'm not a morning person. I, I do not like getting up early. I spent 10 years in the military and every morning was a, was a struggle. So it is really difficult for me to get up and get out of bed and have that time 
of what we used to call morning devotionals, right? It's, it's hard for me. For some of y'all, maybe mornings you, you get up early and you got all this time and you can read the paper and you have a cup of coffee and you can read the Word. And That's not me. I'm usually rushing. And, I, and then I'm trying to find time during the day. But I found that television is tearing my, my uh, time in God's Word. It is just tearing it up. I spend way too much time watching shows on TV instead of being devoted to God's Word. That's, what I, that's one of the things that I have to confess to you guys about. That I've been way more devoted to television or these series or shows that I like to watch than I have been to God's Word. So that's a confession. Alright. Well, let's get into what he's got for us today. Because that will lead to another confession later on. Where does your power come from? Where does your power come from? Have you ever considered how you get your ability to do certain things? It's really, in terms of what we're talking about today, I mean, there are, there are definitions of power. There are mathematical equations of what power is, work and force and all this, you know, these kinds of things. And I, I, I don't even know because I'm not like that. I don't think like that necessarily, but I know that there are ways of describing power, but, but really, when we're talking about where you get your power from, it's where you get the ability or the capability to do what it is that you do. So we get it maybe through some training, some school, uh, maybe we inherit our power, maybe we inherit some of our abilities, maybe in our genes. Um, you know, we're just wired a certain way. Um, we would say that God gives us natural talents and abilities, and then He also gives us some supernatural talents and abilities or gifts. Um, we're not going to we're not going to delve too much into that today. But we, you know, we 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 have all of these ways that we get our abilities. Right? We get we get this ability to do certain things. I want us to explore where a follower of Jesus is supposed to get his or her power. How do we receive that power? And what is that power for? What is that power for? So let's just, let's just jump right into that. You heard Acts 1, 4 through 8. Um, I love this passage. It is, it is a, a pivotal passage in all of the New Testament and really in all of in all of the world. I mean, we have Christ who came and He did what He did in person and He changed the world in His incarnation, in His life, in His death, in His resurrection. But He, he departed this earth, did He not? He ascends into heaven. What happens next? If, if He wouldn't have had faithful followers of Jesus, faithful followers of Him, carrying on His mission... The world, I don't know where the world would be. What would it possibly look like? Because it's changed everything. Well, let's take a look at, at what Jesus said to him. Let me, let me look at verses, let me show you verses 4 and 5 again. We'll spend a little time there. While staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Okay, let's stop right there. Jesus gave his disciples 
two commands while they were gathering together, while he was staying with them in Jerusalem. Um, the first one is, don't go. That's basically what he's saying. He said, do not, do not depart from Jerusalem. Don't go. And the second is, to wait. So we, look, we see that from there, that followers of Jesus wait for the Holy Spirit. Followers of Jesus wait for the Holy Spirit. He says just in a, 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 few, a few short phrases later, wait for the promise which you heard from me, this thing or person that you heard from me, is this, that John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with or by or in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So we see here that Jesus is telling them to wait for something and the, the waiting is for the Holy Spirit. Let's, let, let me take a look at these two little verses. Why would he order them not to depart from Jerusalem? Not to depart is literally not to go away from. So don't go away from Jerusalem. Some people have looked at this and said, well, it actually has more the force of stop going away from Jerusalem. Like after the, after the resurrection, the disciples were kind of coming and going. They were going back to visit family in Galilee. Maybe Peter and John went back up to Galilee. They went back to, up, to, up to the sea and they were doing some fishing again. Actually, we see that in John chapters, or chapter 21. They were fishing again. So maybe they were traveling back and forth and Jesus is saying here in effect, stop going back and forth. Stop going away. Stay. Stay put. Don't go anywhere. Don't leave Jerusalem. Why, why would they want to leave? Maybe they wanted to move back to Galilee. Go back to their homes. Go back to their families. Go back to their employment. What would be so wrong with that? Right? They could, couldn't they be on mission as fishermen? Right? Couldn't they be on mission as a tax collector? Wow. A Christian tax collector? What? You know? Somebody who is faithfully following God and is collecting taxes in that culture? Wow. So they could have gone back there. Or maybe they were eager to begin this mission that Jesus had been talking to them about. And they were thinking, let's get out there. When, when are we going to go? Okay, we're going to see that in, in a couple more verses. But maybe they were eager to go. But Jesus says, wait. And the word wait there literally means wait. <laughs> There's nothing special about that word. It means wait. It just means to, to be patient. Jesus never sent, and incidentally, He never sent his, his, uh, his disciples out on mission without being equipped for something, for that mission. So Jesus is saying, I want you to wait because I have something for you. You don't want to go out there. You don't want to go on the mission until you're equipped, until you're ready to go. So, I'm, I'm wondering what it might have been like for the disciples to wait, especially after all of the exciting things that had been going on. Wait a minute, you want us to just stay here? You know, um, our, my girls are not always patient. They, they, are real, they actually take after me. Um, so, so they probably get their impatience from me. But, but you, you've had, you have children too. You probably have co-workers or maybe you're, you're like this too. You don't like to wait in line. Um, you don't like to uh, uh, wait for, I don't know, a special a holiday. Um, who likes waiting for Christmas? 
<laughs> Who likes waiting for Christmas? The, you know, when you're, when you're a kid and you're waiting for Christmas, it can't get here fast enough, right? You know, our, our children are not too different than us. We don't like to wait. But it, imagine going out on some kind of a, a mission, a, going on a journey. Um, you know, Jessica's going to El Salvador. And if, if she just said, well, let's see, I, let's just go. Um, buy my ticket, I'm going. I'm there. And didn't get equipped for it. Didn't get a little bit of training. Didn't get a little bit of heads up. Didn't pack her bags. <laughs> you know? You got, there are some essentials that you might want for the journey, right? Jesus wanted his disciples to be equipped. Um, so, in, in thinking about that, let's think about our church. Let's think about our church. As a church plant, are we not eager for more people to come? Are we not eager for a larger place to meet? Wouldn't it be great to have our own building? Have our own space? You know, have a, have a nice room for the kids to learn in? Would all that stuff be great? Wouldn't it be? Sure. We want new groups to form. We want to start new Bible studies. We want to do all kinds of things. And some of these things we are doing. But we cannot go... And do those things until we get equipped for it. We have to be equipped for it. We, we will not be equipped in our own power. Where does your power come from? We must be equipped by God. And God has given us the Holy Spirit to equip us. Look at what the disciples did though. They, the disciples show us what, we've been ta- what we're talking about with our values. The disciples valued the Holy Spirit. They valued the Holy Spirit. They had heard Jesus teach. They knew He was worth waiting for. If you value that thing, you are going to wait for it. If it's worth it, you'll wait for it. When the time comes and you receive that gift or you, you engage in that activity, man, it, it's worth it if you've waited for it, if you value it. How did they wait? I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here because I want to show you this in verse 14. You just have to look in your Bibles for this because it's not on the overhead. In verse 14, the disciples were, it says they were, the, it says this, all these, all of the disciples, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer. It's interesting to me that Jesus did not command the disciples to pray. Not in this passage. He told them to wait and you will receive power. Wait for the promise of the Father. So what did they do? They got back together and said, well, let's start waiting. So they said, all right, hold hands. And they made a circle. I don't know if they held hands or not. We would, right? They held hands in their living room, which happened to be the upper room. Then... And they waited. They didn't just sit there. They prayed. They got about praying. And interestingly, what is that word? They were devoting? <laughs> so they were committed to this. They were devoted to prayer. Just like we see later, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to God's word to what was being revealed in Scripture. They were devoting themselves to prayer. Do you guys want to be equipped by the Holy Spirit? I, I would hope that you all say, yeah, yeah, sure we do. We all want that. 
So be devoted to prayer. Make that a habit. Make it a daily rhythm of your life. You know, we are, I don't have a show and tell, but you've all seen the transformation cards. What do they do? What do they say there? Number one, I will pray daily for these people who are far from God. We pray daily for them. We're, we're given that you guys an opportunity to pray for the lost with those transformation cards. We're praying for a witness. We're praying to be bold witnesses. Back in, in January, February, March, that time frame, we were prayer walking almost every single week, weren't we? And we were out there in the neighborhoods and we were praying for people specifically. We'd walk down the street and, um, and it, w- it wouldn't be me saying this, but one of you all would say, um, so-and-so lives here. And I'd say, oh, okay, well, why don't we stop and pray for him? And then they'd say, so-and-so lives here and they have this family and they, this is their situation. And, and we would learn about the people in our neighborhood and we'd be praying for them. We'd be prayer walking. We're praying for the lost. If we are devoted to prayer we're going to find the equipping of the Holy Spirit. We're going to find the power of the Holy Spirit. Followers of Jesus value the Holy Spirit through a life of prayer. They make that their life. They make that their life. This promise of the Father I mentioned in verse 4 is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit coming and empowering His people. You know that the Spirit is mentioned 70 times in the book of Acts. 70 times in the book of Acts, more than any other New Testament book. I, uh, I was going to list all of those examples. <laughs> I'm not going to. That's a lot of examples. You'll have to find them for yourself. A, a good concordance or a little web search will, will find them all for you. But just look at some of the things. Uh, just in the first two chapters, the way the Spirit is mentioned. The Spirit, well see, Jesus gave commands by the Holy Spirit in verse 2. Um, Jesus promised... The baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to see a little bit later um, in a few verses the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. We're going to see that um, in uh, verse 16 of the chapter. The Holy Spirit spoke through David when David was writing Psalms. The Holy Spirit was speaking through him. The, 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 the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, God said through the prophet Joel, I will pour out my Spirit. Um, Jesus received the promise of the Holy Spirit. We see that in Peter's message in chapter 2. And then we see Peter saying this, Repent, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. And then there are dozens more, aren't, aren't there? Seventy times we th- see the Spirit mentioned, this promise of the Father. It's, here's, here's how we can think of this. Because it all has to do with the mission that, that God has for the church. And God has for His followers. It's Jesus who authorizes and commands the mission of the church. Remember when He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now go therefore. The, the therefore means, So because I have all authority and I can do this, I'm going to now command you to go out. It's Jesus who authorizes and commands the mission of the church, and it's the Holy Spirit who empowers the mission of the church. And another way to say this, look at the opposite, flip flip it, and look at the reverse of that. Whatever the Holy Spirit does not empower is not the mission of the church. Whatever the Holy Spirit is not empowering, that's not the mission of the church. 
If we're, if, we are, if we're doing a bunch of things that are, that are not empowered by the Holy Spirit, I don't know if we're doing, I don't know if we're doing the mission. But we're going to see also that if we're doing the mission, we will be empowered. That's, that's kind of a cool thing. But let's look at that. Let's talk, let's talk about that. Followers of Jesus receive power from the Holy Spirit. That's the next big idea I want you guys to hear from this. Followers of Jesus receive power from the Holy Spirit. Look what Jesus promises next. So he says, so they had come together again, and, and the disciples ask, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel at this time? And Jesus says, look, it's not, it's not about that right now. It's not for you to know about that stuff. But, look what he says in verse 8. But, you will receive power. Now, this, this word power is pretty cool. There, the, the word appears ten times in the book of Acts. And it can stand for this kind of general idea of this power, this, this, um, this uh, ability or, or capability, the supernatural capability that God gives. And it can also stand for the actual evidence of the power, in the works itself. So in, in Acts, um, here are all the things. It's talked about as power. It's talked about as mighty works. It's talked about in the negative sense, in, in the sense of um, it's not the apostles' power that did all that stuff. So it's, it's not our power that anything gets accomplished in the mission. Um, it's talked about as great power. Uh, individuals are talked about being full of power. There's even, a, there's even a, an individual who is described as having this false power. It's described as great miracles. Jesus was anointed with power. And then another, another phrase is extraordinary miracles. The same word is translated all those kind of different ways. This power is is this old, this Greek word, um, dunamis. Which actually, if you look at it, it almost looks like the word that we know as dynamite. Somebody said, let's see, this thing that I've created here that blows things up, it's, it's, it's very powerful. Why don't, we, why don't we steal that Greek word and, you know, call it dynamite? That's where, that's where the word dynamite comes from. This very word power. The power that is talked about here in this passage is the potential for functioning in some way. So it's a potential for functioning in some way. It's another way of saying it is power is the enabling to carry out a mission. Power is the enabling to carry out a mission. What was the mission that Jesus gave his disciples? Remember that? Well, look at Matthew 28. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Remember what he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Then he says, uh, then in Luke 24, Jesus gives a slightly different um, kind of view on the mission when he says, and he said to them, thus, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And then finally here in Acts 1.8, what does He say the mission is? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, 
and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Whatever Jesus authorizes and commands, the Holy Spirit empowers. That is what's so awesome. Jesus has given us a mission and that mission can be very daunting. Go and make disciples of all the nations. And He told that to a group of 11 disciples and their families and a few hangers-on. We see later on in, in Acts, in, well, in a few verses later in Acts 15, there were about 120 altogether that made up the disciples. 120. Well, that's a lot more than we've got right here this morning. And so we'd, we'd probably rejoice. we got 120. Praise the Lord. But he said that to a very few. And look what happened to the world. That mission is daunting. How in the world are we going to make disciples of all the nations? By, by assuming somebody else is going to do it? The disciples didn't. There was nobody else to do it. They took it upon themselves. They believed what Jesus said. And they said, if that's your mission, we'll do it. But don't leave us or forsake us. Jesus said, I am with you always. Jesus said, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That is the promise of the Father. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. Whatever Jesus authorizes and commands, the Holy Spirit empowers. We have no power to do anything else. Power in this passage is all about function. It's all about function. It's about using the, the, the right tool for the right job. If you've ever tried to, to accomplish anything, uh, working on cars, computers, um, technology here, trying to get this stuff working, right? You know, you, using the right tool for the right job makes all the difference. And that's what power is about. If you're using a, a, a sledgehammer to drive a screw in, you're going to, something's going to get messed up. That's going to get really messed up. I mean, if, I don't know, you, you can carry it on. I don't have any more examples for you. But you know what I'm saying. When you've got the wrong, you're, you're trying to use the wrong tool for the, for the job, forget about it. You have no power. But the right tool, the right job, you got power. Power is about function. God gives the Holy Spirit for the, right, for the function of accomplishing His mission. Remember the mission that the disciples were ready for? What they were thinking about? They, they looked back, looked back at verse 6. Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel, they asked? That wasn't the mission for the church at that time. That's not what he wanted them to do. That's not he, what he was going to try to accomplish at that time. The mission was, you will be my witnesses. Paul could have said, and, and Paul could have said, you have the potential to be my witnesses, or you might be my witnesses. It could happen, but he said, you will be. The future, the, the future for the disciples was they were going to be witnesses, regardless of what they wanted. That's something to think about, too, for us. And I've, I've seen that, and I've, I've read that before, and it's challenged me very deeply. Because if we are followers of Jesus, we are witnesses. Plain and simple. The question becomes for us, though, 
Are you a faithful witness or an unfaithful witness? Are you being empowered by the Holy Spirit to faithfully witness for Him? Followers of Jesus value the Holy Spirit in this way, by a life of power. By receiving power from the Holy Spirit, they value Him. A life of power takes place when we are empowered by a life of prayer. And our prayers will be powerful when we are functioning in accordance with the mission that God has given us. Do you see how this is all related together? That by, by praying for the Holy Spirit to empower our mission, and then by actually going out and, and doing the mission, we will find all the power that we need to accomplish everything He has for us. So, confession time. I started out, when we started speaking to our, our core team, well, be, well before we began meeting at the end of March. And uh, I remember saying something to the effect of this. Prayer is not one of our strategies. Prayer is the strategy. And so my confession is, I have not been faithful in prayer. I have not been faithful in prayer. I have done a very poor job of sticking to that strategy. There are a lot of things to think about. Are there not? I mean, we just we have a simple worship gathering and we're we're trying to we're trying to do missional communities and we're we're trying to meet together in discipling relationships. We're trying to do these things and these are all good things and there's these are all things that God has called us to do. There's a lot of things to think about. Bill and I were talking about books recently. There's a lot of books that you can read. Here's what you're doing wrong, here's what you're doing right, you know, do this, do that. A lot of strategies to think about. How can we reach more people? How can we get the word out? How can we put on a really good event that will bring a lot of families together and bring some children? We have a chance to share the good news with people. We want to do all those things. But my friends, I have been so concerned with the strategies and the workings of those things that I have forgotten to, to be a man of prayer. I've allowed myself to be too busy in other words, I've chosen to do other things instead of praying. I haven't led you all, our church, to pray fervently. And our mission is not complete. It's not even close. We, we, have, we have work to do. We have lots of work to do. In other words, if we don't have prayer as the strategy for our church, from now until the time we close up and we say, disband and say, the River Church has run its course, it now needs to be something else, or it needs to go here, or everyone left, or Jesus comes again. Prayer will always be the strategy to reach people for Christ. Prayer will always be the strategy for making disciples. You try to make a disciple without prayer. Go for it. Jesus said something to the Pharisees. You get a convert <laughs> and you make him more a son of a devil than he was before you got a hold of him. Because they weren't working in the Spirit's power. They made a convert to their way of thinking. We, all we want is to make followers of Jesus. And we cannot do it without prayer. And I have not been praying enough. 
I got some other things to say, but I'm not going to say them. I'm just going to get right down to it. The big idea is this, that followers of Jesus value the Holy Spirit by a life of prayer and power. And it comes in that order. We want you, do you want power to witness? How many of you feel like you're a good, that you are good at witnessing? I'm going to put my hand down too. Do you, want to, do you want to be empowered to witness faithfully? Okay, I see a few hands there. I mean, yes! You've come to the right place. We are here to worship God together, to be a family, to be a community on mission, to do that very thing. And God has given us the capability to do that. He's given us the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about holy rolling. I'm not talking about speaking in other languages. And and if God empowers us to speak other languages, that would be fantastic because there are people in this community who I can't communicate very well with and I wish I did have the ability to speak their language. Jessica's thinking that too. I wish I could get the gift of tongues for the next 10 months so I could speak the language. I'm not talking about all the crazy, crazy stuff. But if God does crazy stuff in the River Church, so be it. If He empowers us to do a mission that, that reaches people, that enables us to witness faithfully, enabling us to make followers of Jesus, then I say, bring it on. That's why we sang the song, Come, Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Come, Holy Spirit. And fill us and empower us to do this. Folks, I want to value the Holy Spirit, but I need your help, and I think you probably need my help as we look through the Word of God to remind us all together. We're in this together. We need a life of prayer and a life of power. What do you tend to rely on in place of power from the Holy Spirit? I think that was in your notes on the back of your, your handout. I'm, that's a serious question to ask because I, have, I rely on my own ability, natural or, or, or developed Ability, I rely on it way too much. Way, way, way too much. So if you've ever, um, if you, if ever taught Sunday school, yes, many of you have, and you've been like, okay, oh, I'm running out of time, I don't really have a lot of time to study, and I don't have a lot of time to prepare, and, you know, I got the lesson material, and I'll just glance through it, and then, okay, um, let me look, look at a couple things here. Okay, this is good, I, I can do this, all right. I got this. I got this. I've been doing this for years. Good to go. And you show up and you teach the lesson or you preach the sermon. How dare we come into the pulpit without praying? But it happens. And then we go and we do our thing and go, oh, that, that went pretty well. That went pretty well. There's no power in that. There was no power in that. Do we want the, the Holy Spirit to do something in the River Church that only He can get the credit for? Or do you want to, like me, rely on your own God-given natural talents and abilities to do whatever it is that, that God is calling you to do? I don't know the first thing about running a big church. That's why we got 30 people gathered together. I don't know, but I know who can. The chief shepherd, the chief elder, the chief pastor, Jesus he knows what he's doing. So I'm on board with Jesus. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to do something that just transforms us and our body. 
Let's develop a life of prayer together. Let's grow in that together. Will you commit to praying daily for those people who are far from God? And not just, not just every few days, not just every couple of weeks when you get a reminder, but will you commit to prayer, prayer with me? Will you come out with me on Saturday morning if you're available and come and, and walk through our community? It'll be 95 degrees out at 10 in the morning, but let's go do it. Let's walk through our community. Let's begin praying for the people in our community. Let's pray for our city that God will take a hold of it. What could He possibly do through us who are faithful in prayer? Who knows? It, the, the list is endless. I can't even imagine all of the things that He could possibly do. Because He's God. That's the message for this morning. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I confess, God, that I am in desperate need of your Holy Spirit. I'm in desperate need of your power. God, um, the mission that you have given us is greater than we can possibly imagine. And even if we pull together all of our resources and we, we strategize as best we can and, and God, we get partners to help us and we gather other support and we do all of those things, God, the, the, the best we can do is to build a man-made church. But God, with you, Anything is possible. God, with, with your power, we will not just build a church, either a place or a whole bunch of people gathered at one time for a Sunday morning worship gathering, but we will, we will literally make disciples. God, through your power, you will enable us to accomplish the mission that you have for us, making disciples who make disciples followers of Jesus. God, that's what we want to be and that's what we want to be about. Lord, I pray that, that it will be said of the River Church, they are devoted to the Holy Spirit. That it will be said of them, they were devoted together in one accord devoted to prayer. Because that's where our power is from, God. It comes from you and a life of prayer. God, help us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. is a time of response, but not only a, a response, but it's a, time of, it's a time to really receive. Today we're going to come to the table, um, and uh, we're going to come to the table here, and we're going to partake of the bread and the cup, and we're going to remember God's word to us. On the night that he was re- betrayed, he said, 
This is, this is my body. This is my body. Broken for you. And do this. Take this. Partake of it in remembrance of me. And the same thing with the cup. He said, this is my blood of the new covenant. It's a new covenant that God instituted in his story with all of humanity through Jesus Christ. This is Jesus' blood. And he said, take it, drink it in remembrance of me. So as we're singing, uh, maybe, maybe you don't want to sing. <laughs> maybe uh, I want you to sing. But, but maybe what you need to do is, um, as you feel led, come, come towards the table. Um, take the bread. Eat the bread. Take the cup. Drink from the cup. And, um, and then come back to your seat and continue in our time of worship and response. Um, we're going to sing this song um, that we've been singing quite a bit the last couple of months. And it's just a song just <laughs> expressing our, our desire um, that we need God, that we need the Lord. We need His presence with us. We need His power. So uh, let, me, let me prepare this here. And uh, then I'll begin to play. And please um, come as a family. Um, come as, as you feel led. Stand with me. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart, you're the one that guides my heart. I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more, where grace is found is where you are and where you are Lord I am free holiness is Christ in me and Lord I need you oh I need you My one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. So teach my song to rise to you. When temptation comes my way, 
And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. When I cannot stand, and when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. My one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Let's pray. Yes, let's pray. Let's be a church that prays. Let's be followers of Jesus that value the Holy Spirit through a life of prayer and power. God, enable us for that. And even, God, we ask right now, as a body, I pray that we will all be in one accord as we ask you, God, to give us the power to be people of prayer. God, that, that by prayer, we're, we're not talking about twisting your arm. We're not talking about nagging you into doing something that you don't want to do. God, you have given us a mission and you are a good, loving, gracious Father who is saying, pray to me. Pray to me so that I may empower the mission. God, that's what we want. God, we want the power to pray. God, some, some days we just need your power your Holy Spirit just to give us the desire to pray, just to give us the desire to be devoted to your word so that we can learn from you and that we can receive power from you. God, we ask that you will do that. I pray that these things that we've been talking about to value God, that God, you will place those in our hearts. God, give us the power to witness boldly for you God, and as we witness, as we're faithful to the mission, God, you will empower us. God, you have promised it. And we hold on to that. We hold on to the grace of your Holy Spirit. We trust in you, God. We put our belief in you knowing that you will accomplish what you desire to accomplish in and through us. The accomplishment of your mission. God, we love you. And we pray these all, all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So this morning, as you're leaving, don't forget to get a prayer card for, for Jessica. Be praying with her and, and be sure to meet, meet her and encourage her. Thank you for being, you'll be leaving in a, sometime this next week or so. Set, okay, so enjoy your stay here. Um, it's hot, but it's, it's a dry heat. Right? Right? Okay. All right. So get a prayer card and come and join us on Saturday morning as we're praying together, as we prayer walk. And don't forget to, get, to gather in your missional communities. We'll be meeting tonight. We'll have some dinner and, right? Potluck. Potluck. 
And um, we'll get into God's Word as well. So, love you all and be blessed. Thanks, good to be back. Good to have you back, too.